Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Merlin Cast episode 10. This is a very special episode. Uh, we have a new host on with us this week. Her name is Sarah. Hi! <laughs> um, Sarah's from California and she was interested in joining the show. We talked about it the first few episodes. Uh, if people are interested, they could email in and uh, we found that she'd be a good fit for the show, so. We'd like to welcome Sarah to the show. Sarah, just out of curiosity, how did you get into Merlin? <laughs> okay, so um, I got into Merlin like in November 2011, and it was kind of random because I just had a craving to watch something medieval. <laughs> and so um, I remember seeing like a promo of it, like a couple of, I don't know. Like, I don't even know. I just remember seeing a promo of it, so I was just like, I think it has something to do with Arthur or Merlin. So I just typed in Merlin, and it came up, and then I started watching it and got extremely hooked, and I watched all three seasons, um, and the fourth season by the New Year's. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I got hooked into Merlin. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. See, now, did you my, watch it my on, hooking into Merlin online? somehow yes, resulted Sorry. from Aaron's trip to China. I'm not sure how that worked out, but... <laughs> what? Yeah. Remember you brought, oh, you brought oh, those right. Merlin DVDs back. Yeah. Funny story. Uh, yeah. I, did I, I think I mentioned this on one of the earlier yeah, episodes. I, I, I don't remember. remember what. I remember the story. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the illegal copies I somehow obtained. Wait, those were illegal? Randomly. Um, oh, whoops. Well, I don't know were. if they were legal. I mean, they, they were legal, yeah. They were right. foreign. Okay. Yeah, but Anyways. to answer your question, Aaron, yeah, I did watch them online. Hulu was my best friend because it was just on autoplay, and so it's just. Oh, I didn't know they were on there. That's cool. After episode, I think only the first two. Hulu is the best. Were on it, and then I had to go find other yeah. sources for the other ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we know one or two things about that. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's cool though that you, uh, you kind of got into it a little later than other people but it's cool that other people are still finding out about it um it's definitely still growing too and i think like they're doing so much to promote this next season that i think a lot more people get into the show too so yeah. i'm pretty excited for that but what we'll do is we'll get right into the show um there's just a little bit of news to talk about this week the only thing that came out was there was a promo video that came out for the merlin facebook game we talked about last week it actually didn't look too bad. Um, it's like it's like a two-minute video, so you didn't get to see a lot. But they did reveal that the game is gonna be in like 3D, as far as it's not a 2D game, which most Facebook games are. Um, so I guess that means they're gonna put a little more time into designing the characters to look like who they actually are. They kind of revealed that it's gonna be kind of like a game where you can explore Camelot and kind of go deeper into some of the storylines from from the episodes so i think you'll be able to you know probably like go into the castle and explore the rooms and stuff like that and it's going to be an online game where you can uh, play with other other people which is pretty cool and the other thing they mentioned was that the main three focuses of the game are um things involving heroism camaraderie and adventure so they didn't really reveal a ton of stuff as far as what the game's all about but they did kind of tease it a little bit i definitely think i will try it out um it looks pretty interesting, actually. What are your guys' thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, usually I'm a little bit terrorized by Facebook games, like Farmville and 
<laughs> stuff like that. But I don't know. This one sounds a little bit more promising than that. I'm um, I'm kind of excited about it. We'll see. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous. Um, oh, jealous. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't. <laughs> when I, because I did used to have a Facebook, um, but then it got too distracting, so I got rid of it. Um, but when I did have Facebook, I was very much into Farmville. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little <laughs> jealous. <laughs> I think I have mixed. Are you going to play it, Andrew? I don't know. I'm probably going to play it, but I hope it doesn't end up like the whole Farmville thing where I get like 50 requests a day from people I barely remember from high school. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'll play it by ear. Yeah. It'll be interesting, but... um. I'm definitely going to play with you, Andrew. We're going to be knights together. Knaggets. Knaggets. Knaggets, yes. You're just going to leave Courtney out. <laughs> but yeah, other so than mean. that, um... Guys, I know. They're so well, Courtney... sexist. They are so sexist <laughs> all hey. the time. Courtney, if you want to be a knight too, you can. No, I'm going to be a damsel in distress, just like I'm supposed to be. <laughs> I didn't say that. Gosh. I never said that. Now the war on women's yes. coming onto our podcast. That's great. Thanks, Courtney. Wow, it's so oh, good great. to have another girl on the show. Yeah. Yeah, everybody, it's two on two now. It's an even fight. This could get interesting. Yeah, why well, couldn't Matt be um, here right now? I'm just kidding. Yeah, we need Matt. So we're... See, this is why I got another. Oh, yeah, by the way, everyone. uh Next week, hopefully, uh, we have another guy. His name's Matt. That's gonna get on the show with us. Uh, he had trouble um, with his laptop tonight, so he couldn't get on. But once he gets on, we'll have an even three to two ratio again. I think but, that, that's that's uh, that. What he means by that is his laptop's fried and probably smoking by now. Yeah. From what I heard, so understandably okay. he can't make it tonight. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> That That's happened. really the only news that came out, because it, it's only been, like, actually, it's been less than a week since I think we recorded last time, so there hasn't been a ton of stuff. I know they're still finishing up filming, and, uh, what, there's, like, two, what, three months until I think the season comes out, so they have a little bit of time, yeah. but uh, we're excited for it. I was just going to say, I did see some paparazzi photos, which are very interesting Ooh. in um, Wales. Right. Um, What'd you see? <laughs> um, okay, well, I saw... Um, well, should I just spoil? Okay, there's some, um, more prosthetics used, except it's not just on Merlin that becomes old. Somebody else becomes old, too. <laughs> and oh. I saw, um, oh, wow. Queen Guinevere. Um, she looks very pretty in her dress and her very, very long and curly hair, very Morgana-ish, but not as, you know, different, different not type evil. of hair. <laughs> um, yeah. And... <laughs> Yeah, Merlin still looks the same. <laughs> he didn't change anything of his wardrobe. He always does. I don't think he ever grows up. I know, right? He needs a new wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> he does. But yeah, um, so those, Interesting. Were, those are some pretty, pretty cool. Um, oh yeah, and then like the whole round table thing shown and their two thrones. Obviously. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was pretty That's interesting. Cool. They're just behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> this is good. Now we have we have our own um, paparazzi on the show now too. So like, <laughs> you can be like our our reporter. You can go get all the photos and let us know what's going on okay. backstage. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, 
All right, so we'll get into the the recap now. We're talking about uh, part one of the finale for season four, right? Yeah, season four, uh, the Sword in the Stone part one. So, um, Courtney, if you want to start us out. Okay. Um. So this episode starts off with Merlin and Arthur in a cute little um funny scene. Per usual between them when um, Merlin is um, adding another hole to Arthur's belt, you know, just enhancing it a little bit. Um, and when Arthur sees it, he's like, what's that, Merlin? What's that? Um, and apparently Arthur's put on a little bit of weight because of all of his kingly feasts. And he's a little sensitive about it. Um, so... At this point, Merlin is preparing Arthur for the feast. Um, and when they are at the feast, um, Arthur asks Gaius where Agravain is. Um, and then it pans to Agravain, who is, like, blowing up Camelot. Not good. Not good. He's knocking out guards. Um with little, like, stink bomb things. He's letting in Helios's army um, from the tunnels. Um, and, you know, he's just getting everyone into Camelot, being a very bad uncle. Um, and so he gets Morgana and Helios into Camelot. And um, it then flashes back to Arthur, who's at the feast. And he's really sad. Because Gwen isn't there, and Merlin and him have a really endearing conversation, I would say. Um, when Arthur admits that he's just thinking about Gwen, he looks around and he says um, that he sees that she's not there, and then he remembers why she's not there, and it's really, like, weighing on him. Um, and... Alright, so Morgana and Helios at this point are ready to come overtake the castle. Um, the knights are fighting them down in the streets in the lower town. It's all chaos and fire. Um, and Elian and um, Elian comes up and he sees Agravain with Morgana and he challenges him in the castle. And Morgana just uses magic and, like, blows him out of the way. And she kind of oh, tells Agravain, look, we don't have time for this little soldier business. We just have to go. All right, so then Arthur and the knights are kind of trying to defend the castle, but Arthur gets in a sword fight when he's being really valiant and kingly, and he gets hurt. And Merlin is racing through the castle to come and help him. It's a very action-packed scene. And Merlin is trying to scuttle him off to safety so that he won't die and not fulfill the prophecy. Um, and because I think he actually loves Arthur. Um, so Elian discovers that Agravain is the traitor. I mean, ah! Elian. Arthur discovers Hi. that Agravain is the traitor <laughs> when he is standing with Merlin, looking around a corner, and Agravain... Helios and Morgana are leading troops up to the Citadel, and Arthur looks very heartbroken, very betrayed, very 
just very upset, and he, um, like, wants to go fight Agravane right away, and Merlin kind of has to hold him back, but, you know, he can't go charging in front of all those soldiers. That would be a bad idea. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know what you guys thought. Oh, go ahead. But, like, I just, that was, like, I think a really, uh, pivotal moment. Because I, everyone's been waiting, like, the whole season for Arthur to finally figure out that Agravain is evil. And um, I thought it was a good way to go about it, because he's just, like, marching along in front of uh, the army. And it, it was just a really powerful scene, I thought. You could you yeah. could really see the shock on Arthur's face, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it just kind of sucks, though, because I mean, it's, it's so similar to how he yeah. found out about Morgana, too. I mean, weren't they, like, in, like, the roof or something? <laughs> Looking yeah. Like, through, like... Secret but they kinda, I just remember they, seeing that, I was like, oh. <laughs> they've kind of always made Arthur, like, an oblivious character, so, like, I guess it, it doesn't really surprise me that this would be the way he would find out. I think you really have to yeah. stick it in front of his face for him to really accept something like that, so. Yeah. But, yeah. I agree with that. Sorry, it was Courtney. kind of an epic. It was kind of an epic march, I would say, though, that, like, Agravain yeah. and Morgana and Helios were all doing. It was like slow motion. I thought it was a really cool shot, just um, like camera wise. But it was really, really sad for Arthur. I'm, I'm sure. Um, so they all kind of gather in the um the kingly chamber. I can't remember what that's called. Um, and you know the knights are trying to strategize at this point as to um how best fix the situation so andrew yep all right well uh at this point yeah at this point arthur obviously still wants to you know get back into the battle you know he's telling gaius you know do whatever you can do as long as i can swing a sword but um you know gaius merlin and all the knights realize they got to get him out you know the kingdom's you know being overrun very quickly and, uh, you know, if Arthur's taken, you know, then all hope is lost. So um, uh, Merlin asks uh, Gaius if there's any potion he can use to, you know, just maybe knock Arthur out or, you know, do something that, you know, that they can get him out. But uh, Gaius says he's got nothing, but uh, kind of suggests, and very rarely does he do this, but he tells Merlin to use magic on Arthur and uh, kind of take away his will, so so to speak, so he'll actually like, willingly follow them. So uh, Merlin does do that, and uh, you know he tells Arthur they need to leave, and Arthur's like, yeah, sure, why not? And you know everyone's kind of surprised because they're, you know, they're also used to die-hard Arthur who's going to fight to the end to save his kingdom and the people. So that's a little awkward for him, but uh, you know they they do what they have to anyway. And uh, uh, of course. Gwayne being the brave knight he is, uh, you know, he chooses to stay behind, buy them some time, and uh, Gaius insists on doing the same thing since, uh, you know, he keeps saying he'll only slow Merlin down. So, um, you know, those two, you know, they, they buy him some time, and they eventually get uh, the doors break down, and they're surrounded by Morgana and her soldiers. You know, it's kind of a guy, guys, like, yeah, they're not here, so, you know, good luck finding them. Unfortunately, that's what uh, Morgana plans to do, so she immediately uh, sends out soldiers on horses, and she goes out herself, even. Percival, Merlin, and Arthur in the woods, they actually happen to run across uh, Elian, who uh, uh, who's, uh, you know, recovered from Morgana's attack, and, 
he, he rejoins them in the woods. And um, so, of course, Morgana and her soldiers come along, and uh, they're running. And, of course, Morgana uses her spell, throws them all every which way. And uh, I think right here you actually you lose track of Percival the rest of the episode. I know Merlin and uh, Elian are just like, uh, where's Percival? And you never see him for the rest of the episode. So not exactly sure what happens to him, but uh, you know, you're hoping he's gotten away safely, which, yeah, I know, he is a knight. He's resourceful, so he probably has. But um, And then Elian decides to stay back and uh, buy them some time and... Uh, you see him kill a few soldiers, and you don't see him get captured, but it's kind of uh, presumed that he gets captured. So at this point, Arthur and uh, Merlin, they come across a small cottage. And actually, you recognize this one from uh, the first episodes in Season 4, uh, the one where uh, Merlin, uh, he pretended it was his home when he, was, when, uh, he changed himself into the old version of Amorous. So, um, they use that house and some of the clothes in it. And, uh, Merlin has Arthur dress up in a very, very simple looking outfit. It's, uh, when Arthur first walks out, it's a little funny. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Way too small. And the dialogue that goes Perfect. with it's pretty funny as well. Um, you know, Arthur, uh, you know, you hear him sometimes saying, wow, I really should think before I speak. And Merlin's like, oh, yeah, yeah that'd be nice. And uh, so, you know, this kind of continues throughout Arthur's whole simpleton ivity. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, so they go along with that. And um, we go back to the castle later on where um, I believe they've captured Elian by this by this time, and uh, Agravain brings him before Morgana and Helios, and the uh, Morgana sends Agravain out to search for Arthur, and keeps Helios by her side. So it's like, oh, mommy likes one kid more than the other type situation. And a couple times you actually see uh, Helios, you know, give uh, Agravain that look like uh, I'm the favorite here. But uh, it's uh, in Agravain, you see him getting a little jealous. So he decides he's going to go and uh, do a little bit of brown-nosing of his own. And uh, you see him, he goes into Morgana's office, I guess, uh, now that she's kind of made herself at home. And, uh, you know, he goes on to tell her, you know, I'm your one true friend. You know, I'm your one true ally. You can't trust anyone, not even Helios. Oh, wonder why he says that. And uh, so... Um, <laughs> So he says, oh, yeah, I'm your one true friend, you know, I'm, you know, basically you should be treating me like, you know, uh, you know I, I'm, I should be your favorite. And the whole time you're thinking, suck up. But, um, yeah, so Morgana's like, oh, well, if you, uh, you know, if you get this done for me, you will be my favorite. And uh, you all, and I think, uh, you know, just about anyone who sees that knows, you know, she's just using him like she, like she has been the whole time. You know, he's aggravates just kind of a puppet, even if he does make people angry. But, um, so yeah, she sends him on his, uh, mission, and we go to Aaron, I believe. Yes, uh, after that we go back to Merlin and Arthur, who are off in the woods looking around, and 
they stumble upon what they see to be a carriage uh, full of supplies and things like that. Um, and Merlin's kind of scoping it out when he gets a sword pointed in his back. And he turns around and uh, he's greeted by, uh, is it Isolde? Is that how you say it? I just want to make sure I say it right. Because they say it weird in the... Yeah, yeah. Isolde. 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 It's Isolde. 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 Yeah. Isolde. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she uh, she asks them what they're doing, and then they meet Tristan as well. And they uh, at first it's kind of hostile. Um, and Tristan makes it very clear that he's not a fan of royals, and he wants to make sure they're not um with Camelot or anything like that. Which of course, at this point, Arthur is just kind of like <laughs> he does whatever. Merlin he's not says. exactly there. So yeah, um. <laughs> Merlin, Merlin's able to convince him that Arthur is just what he calls a simpleton or someone that's mentally challenged and uh, he kind of he just makes well I mean it, it, Arthur looks like an idiot anyway so it's not hard to fool them into thinking that um, and Merlin's able to convince them to let them travel with them um, for for a while until they get across the border um, so you see so a couple of scenes where um Merlin's kind of snooping around the wagon, and he sees, uh, he finds frankincense, and realizes that they're smugglers, and in the meantime, Arthur's over, like, hugging a tree. That was funny. And just, I like, it's really funny, especially because Arthur would never do any of these things normally, um, which is really why I really loved it, um, and, and it's all, like, I, I mean, they have a couple situations where it's pretty tense and um tristan's not really sure whether or not to trust them but uh merlin does a pretty good job of convincing him that there's no royalty involved um but that night uh they're they're up by the fire and <laughs> arthur's just still kind of listening or he's like doesn't he i think he apologizes to merlin i'm for sorry i've been a disappointment not to treating you, him right that yeah was so cute. yeah <laughs> and merlin's just absolutely loving it Oh yeah, Merlin's yeah. soaking it all okay. in. Arthur Go just ahead. looked like a little toddler. His legs were apart. Oh, oh yeah, and he just sits there with his hands okay. folded up, and yeah, yeah. Kudos to so, Bradley James. Yeah, that was actually a really good piece of acting. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna yeah. say something else. So of course Merlin's taking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mer- Merlin's taking complete advantage of the situation. Oh, so yeah. he has Arthur go in. Uh, wash the dishes and he wants him to groom the horses and everything and you see arthur like kind of trip and fall off in the background um and then it goes to the next morning and uh arthur's woken up and he's looking for merlin he finds merlin and he starts kicking him and by this point you realize that arthur's no longer under merlin's spell (laughs) so there's a pretty interesting scene where uh he asks him what's going on because he has no idea where he is or what happened and merlin explains it to him and then um just as Tristan's coming along, oh, Arthur's like, I I can't wear these clothes. I have to take them off. And Merlin's like, but you have to stay in character. And Arthur's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, I told him you're a simpleton. So um, <laughs> Tristan comes up and starts talking to them. And uh, Arthur knows he has to play the part. But he ends up, I think he sounds more like a pirate than he Yeah, does, he broke uh, out the pirate act. Yeah, he is kind of a simpleton. <laughs> yeah, really, it's really funny, and it really it really threw them off. Like, all right, but it, it worked pretty well. 
Um, and there's another <laughs> tense moment where Tristan checks out the sword that they have and notices that it had to come from, um, I mean, it was a royal sword from Camelot, and he asks them how they got it, and of course Merlin says he won it in a card game. Um, lucky excuse, but I guess it works. And Arthur does a less than professional job of handling it, which convinces them all the yeah, more he's done. I, <laughs> I wish I remembered what exactly he said, but it it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Oh, but it was like, something just, along the lines of, like, it keep it, give it to him because it makes him feel safe or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that was definitely his <laughs> chest. Yeah. Am I the only one that thought, like, that's not very safe to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, no. why would you be hugging a sword? You'd cut your yeah, forearms off, funny. wouldn't you? Never mind. <laughs> something like that. No. <laughs> so, uh, just while that's going on, uh, some arrows come flying in, and we realize that the, uh, the army with Agravain at the lead has found them. So, uh, a little battle commences, and I thought the battle was actually more funny than it was intense because you you look and you see Arthur like just like spring into action, and you see Tristan look over at him like in shock, like what is this guy doing? Like, yeah, he had like, no idea. What happened? Arthur <laughs> yeah. was a normal person, and Arthur like grabs the crossbow and he's like, "If you want to live, you got to do what I say or whatever." So they start fighting and. Uh, they sh- him and Merlin take out a couple of the, um, I guess you'd call them warriors, I wouldn't call them knights, and uh, then they realize that's not going to work, so they, they start to run, and the whole time, like, Tristan's just kind of, like, in shock, <laughs> and uh, they get behind a log, and Tristan asks him who he actually is, and Arthur reveals that he's actually the king, um, which really angers Tristan, but um, they don't have much time to argue, because a warrior comes in and attacks um, his old, and wounds her um and he's about to finish her off when arthur takes him out um and he saved her life so tristan comes and you know you get the first hint well i guess you could tell that they were lovers but you didn't really actually see anything to to prove it until now because they he like gets down he's like you promised me you'd you'd stay alive and all this stuff um and uh (laughs) then the arthur's like we got to get going and and they're like, well, I think we'll stay, Tristan says. But uh, Merlin convinces them to go because he, he can be, uh, she can be treated where they're going. So they they do manage to get away at this point, and they get to the valley where they can see um, what's the name of the of the town again? I can't remember. It's in Lot's kingdom. That's all you really know. About. Yeah, Eldor. And um. Eldor, yeah. Yeah, it's it's close by, but it's going to be another day's walk, so they set up camp for the night. And actually, um, Sarah, I'm going to stop here, and I'll let, you, I'll let you go from here so you have a little more to talk about, because there's the whole um, campfire talk, so. Yeah, okay, so um, trying try, it kind of goes back and forth. It goes actually back to Camelot and shows Morgana and how she treats Gwen, Gaius, and Elion, who are now her prisoners, and you see um, Elion kind of uh, paralyzed after his torture in which he did give up the location and hence why Agravain is on Merlin and Arthur's tail. Um, and uh, Morgana makes Gwen fight the other uh, Helios's warriors in order for them to have food. But when they do get food, it's like holy and like moldy bread and it's not very good. Anyway, so um, it goes back to um, the campfire and Arthur and Merlin and Tristan and Isolde are camping for the night, and Arthur and Merlin just have this talk, and this is kind of when Arthur's just thinking about 
you know, Agravain's deception and just thinking about everything that has happened into his life and it's a really touching scene. Um, and Arthur just kind of like realizes like, why do all these people that I care about so much end up being uh, betraying me? Which is very powerful because it's like Morgana betrayed him, um, Agravain betrayed him, and also Guinevere betrayed him when she was having her little affair with Lancelot. So it's just this whole really just like touching moment then like Merlin has to like try to boost up Arthur's self-esteem and so because Arthur is second-guessing himself and he's just you know reiterating um what he's already said that Arthur is honest and true and he's very brave and brave-hearted and that he will be the greatest king that the land will ever know and Arthur just kind of is like well at least I have the support of my servant and Merlin's trying to um tell him otherwise but it's just a little heart-to-heart, -heart and, um, yeah. So, they arrive at Ealdor, and Merlin is reunited with his mother. And so, um, they get Isolde all cleaned up and healed, and she seems to be okay. And this is actually interesting, too, is because back at the fight, Arthur and Tristan, um, when Arthur revealed who he was, um, Tristan and him got into a little political debate right in the middle of the fight about taxes and how Arthur is a terrible king. And so, um... They kind of just talk um, after, you know, Isolde's out of danger, and um, Arthur apologizes to Tristan for having him um, lose all his supplies and all of his goods that he was trying to sell, um, but Tristan just says that he's just grateful for Isolde, and Arthur tells him that he's richer than he knows, um, and he's obviously thinking of Gwen. So at this time, it flashes back to um, Agravain, who has reached Eldor. And um, he orders a, um, his soldiers or his henchmen to surround the village. Um, and this is happening while Merlin's having a conversation um, with his mother. And we find out that where Gwen has been staying since she's been banished from Camelot is that she's been staying with Merlin's mother in Eldor. And so it shoots to a scene where Gwen is fixing up Arthur. She's wrapping his broken ribs. Um, and he awakes, and they are reunited, and it's just a little, oh my gosh, like, I missed you. Um, and so, Yeldor becomes under attack, and, um, Merlin realizes, like, they have to get out, otherwise his entire home village will be, um, destroyed. And so, um, they go around the back, and he starts a fire, and uses the magic to, um, stall Agravain and his henchmen, and then they flee and lead the attack away from the village. And it just kind of pans out, and the epic battle begins. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of the episode. Yeah. And it looks like, uh, well, they show some scenes for next time, but it looks like and it's going to be a pretty... And you see a huge dragon spitting fire, and then you get really excited, and then <laughs> yeah. it cuts out. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I remember when I first saw that, like, I was, like, dying for the next one. I know. Too. It looked like it was going to be so awesome. Especially the the scene when they're like they show Agravain and he's like you have magic, <laughs> and you're like what Merlin's gonna I know. reveal it to somebody? <laughs> so exciting. Um, and yeah. the dragon was exciting too because you know it seems like all hope is lost and then you see the dragon then come boom out, dragon. So. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was actually I think they did a great job of teasing the next episode. Um, so. I guess I'll I'll start with ratings and favorite scenes. This episode I thought was really good. Um, I'd probably give it uh, like an eight point five, not you quite are a nine. So harsh. Um, but you know it was kind of the, the first 
<laughs> That's what you it's say true. every it's time. True. Yeah, every time. I, I gave the last episode a seven. <laughs> seven and a half. This is a step up. Uh, <laughs> I liked it and all, but like, I don't know. I think the second half is a lot better, so that'll definitely get a, a higher rating. This is like kind of, you know, building up to the to the fight for Camelot. I'd say when they invaded, it wasn't much of a fight. It was more just a takeover. And and now they're kind of regrouping. So it was kind of a lull in the action. Um, but I really, I, I really enjoyed it. And I think one of the things I actually really liked about it, and some people thought it was cheesy, but I liked some of the slow motion they used. Um, I think one of the best scenes was when Arthur's going down through the tunnel and, like, you see him, um, he fights, like, three guys on his way down through, but it's all slow motion sword fighting and, uh, it just looks really epic. Like, it looks like, uh, like a, a real battle and I think it's some of the better, like, fights they've had. Um, some of the earlier seasons that they didn't really, uh, do the greatest job with some of their fights, but I think they've come a long ways and yeah. I think the actors have definitely gotten a lot better with their, um, what's it called? Sword, choreography swordsmanship or or choreography yeah that, that or, works uh, live action role play i don't know so larping LARP. yeah no i don't know about that larping larping <laughs> but uh in this case they're actors and actresses so i'd say they uh they're a step up from that but um <laughs> i think my favorite scene was probably i don't know it's hard it's hard to say i really liked when Arthur and Merlin had that talk uh, out when they were on their way to safety. Um, just because it's always nice to see Arthur really like come to the realization that he's been wrong in his ways. Um, and to see him learn what he did wrong and start, you can see that he's becoming a better king. Uh, I really like those scenes between Merlin and Arthur where they have like serious discussions. like Discussions you've been waiting for them to have for a long time and it finally happens. So I really enjoyed that, and I think Colin Morgan and Bradley James just have such a great chemistry together. Oh, um, yeah. And they're, like, best... They're, they're basically best friends in real life, and, like, they don't have a problem acting together at all, and they really do a great job of just showing... I mean, Bradley did a great job of showing how sorry he was for um, not believing Merlin, and it, it was just a great scene all around. So that's what I thought. Andrew, what would you think? All right, well... I'm going to go a step further and give this one eight and a half. Oof. And, uh, wait. <laughs> That's... Oh, wait, I did this last did episode. Last episode. Exactly oh, okay. I'm going to give this one... I'm going to give this one an 8.7. Yeah, you know what? Okay. Screw it. I'm going to give it a nine. And, um, just because it really... If one, if it did one thing, it really, really, really uh, built up my, my uh, anticipation for the next one. Because, I mean, you know, it's just all the suspense building up. It, you know, it was great. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, edge of your seat the whole time. And, um, let's see. Favorite scenes? I'd definitely say um, Arthur's uh, simpleton scenarios. <laughs> especially the campfire. Yeah, it's good. Because if you're a Merlin fan who, who <laughs> feels bad for Merlin every time Arthur's condescending to him, making him do chores whatever, all that stuff. This thing, you're just going, yes. I mean, so you just really, I don't know, I felt pretty satisfied. But, uh, you know, you just feel really good for Merlin being able to have, uh, yeah, maybe it's a little fun at Arthur's expense, but, uh, you know, it's it's about, it's been a long time coming. So, I mean, so that that was pretty funny. 
And um, especially the part where Arthur's, you know, I'm sorry, I've been such a disappointment to you. It's just like, I don't know. That was, that was fun. I thought it was great to see uh, when Arthur was broken from the spell and he still had to act like he was stupid. Yeah. Like it was just great to see him try try and act like he had no idea what was going on. That was that was pretty hilarious. Yeah. I laughed pretty hard at that. And I mean, and I mean, um, and that kind of brings me to my you know my best actor for this one, uh, Bradley James. I mean, this is a really like a great piece of work for him because not only does he do a great job playing a smart guy who's been turned into a stupid guy, then back into a smart guy, but then. I mean, all the, like, the sincere emotion he has to show, you know, between, you know, his sorrow and regret for, um, you know, what's happened to Camelot and, uh, you know, what's happened between him and Guinevere. And then to, you know, kind of the hope and uh, determination you see in him, you know, towards the end of the episode when, you know, he's reunited with Gwen and um, when he and uh, Merlin and Tristan and Isolde you know, are escaping from uh, the village. So, yeah, I mean, you know, terrific job. Well, terrific job by all the actors, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, Bradley James uh, takes it for this one, at least for me. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, Sarah? Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going lower than you guys. <laughs> um, I uh -oh. gave it a seven point, like, nine not quite an eight like a 7.9 um i didn't think it was an awful episode i i actually really enjoyed the balance of the humor and an action like you get all this anticipation and then you like cut back to like a humorous scene between merlin and arthur yeah. and i thought that was like really really funny um and it just kind of had me laughing the entire episode but um it just wasn't the most amazing episode ever. I found it kind of underwhelming, I think, just um, because it is a finale. I mean, it's not, it's the part one, but it just kind of felt a little underwhelming, like, um, watching this again and, like, thinking back on, like, all the other episodes, I was like, okay, what episode was, like, oh my goodness, and it was, like, you know, season, um, season two finale or, like, season three finale even. I was just like, this one kind of didn't live up to um, the expectation that they normally have as a finale episode. So, I don't know, I just, I was like, it, it was good. I, I liked how, I, I loved all the acting, I thought it was really great. I was kind of upset at how they just threw Tristan and Isolde in. Um, but, I mean, that's, that also has to do with, like, the second um, episode, or the second part, where something happens. And I just didn't feel like they get, they were given enough character development because Tristan and Isolde are kind of the legendary characters. I mean, they were the Romeo and Juliet before the Romeo and Juliet. And I just feel they kind of underplayed that a lot. Um, so me, a fan of the classics, was just kind of like, okay, that was kind of underwhelming. Yeah. Um, my favorite scene, um, it was actually just like this one little moment that it was just my favorite um it was when arthur or merlin had already given him the magic blow to the head so arthur was like a simpleton or whatever and they were rushing out of camelot and it was him percival and elian and um they were just reunited with elian and they were like running through the forest and there's just this moment where um arthur just kind of just turns back and he just looks at camelot in even in his simpleton state he's still you know, he still feels something 
you know, for the cities that's just burning, you know, to the ground. And I thought that was, like, such a powerful scene because I was like, it just shows how true of a king Arthur is and how much he really cares about Camelot and how much he really cares for his people and how he's sad to see it go, even when he's not in his right mind. Um, so yeah, even though Bradley James was amazing in this episode, my, I, the actor I thought did really well was, um, Eowyn Mackin, who plays Gwen. Um, even though he didn't really have that, you know, like, many scenes, all the scenes that he had were really, really good. Um, I especially love the scene between him and Morgana when he's, like, standing up and, um, saying, like, um, cause she's just like, oh, you're hungry, right? Well, you know, maybe you can get food for yourself. And he's like, I'm not thinking of myself. I think of Gaius. And he was just, it just, I'm always like really impressed by his acting skills and how consistent he's able to play Gwen. And also when he's like fighting the, um, Helios's other men, like just his, um, banter and like, you know, taunting them. I just thought, I just think of him as a very consistent character think it's really great so yeah <laughs> very nice um i i don't know i kind of agree with um you aaron i think this episode was like it was good but it wasn't like nine or above material i think it was like maybe 8.7 it was good um i definitely agree with sarah in the sense that like it wasn't as much build up with Tristan and he's old as I would like. I mean, I've studied that legend in school. That's like, that's kind of a big one as far as Arthurian legend goes, especially because like their romance, according to Arthurian legend, was supposed to like kind of be a template, which the love triangle between Arthur and um, Lancelot and Gwen was based off of. Um, And so... It's just kind of not as present as I would have liked it. But I you never know what they're going to do with Tristan in the next season. Um, so I would definitely give it like 8.7. Um, I would say my favorite scene was at the banquet at the very beginning when Arthur is talking to Merlin and he's looking around and... He's, like, searching for Gwen, even though he knows that she won't be there. And I just think that that's, you know, that's just beautiful. I really, really liked um, the scenes between Arthur and Merlin in this episode. I think that's what made it for me, just because the episode was so intense with all the action and the takeover of Camelot and the chases through forests and stuff like that. Um... That there was a lot of like dark undertones with Morgana, and I think that Merlin and Arthur and the simpleton bit, I think it just added a little bit of lightness that the episode needed. Um, and I would just say, like, I know I just sound like the biggest Bradley James fangirl, but I definitely <laughs> loved him in this episode. He's just, I don't know. He is the best Arthur that I've seen in any kind of, like, reenactment on that BBC has made of um, Arthurian legend. I think that he just does a great job. He has no problem transitioning between phases within, like, each show. Like, he went right from the simpleton to, like, pretending to be the simpleton to being, like, 
a really intense fighter, and he did it all while looking absolutely beautiful, might I add, in those clothes. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know, I just, I, I think he takes it for me almost every time, but he did a great job. Alright, uh, I just had a couple things. Uh, I want to ask you, Sarah, did this episode at least get you excited for the second part? Oh, yeah. No, I did. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just really picky about finales. I've no, it's fine. I've noticed that a lot. Um, <laughs> but no, it definitely did. Like, I was like, oh, okay. I think actually the promo at the end was probably what made me so excited about it. I was like, yeah. okay, I got it. Yeah. What's going to happen next? <laughs> like, what's going to happen? Um, but yeah, no, I just, I just like taking myself out of that, like, before being, getting caught up in the moment, like, rewatching it again, I realized I just really took what the episode was for what it was. And yeah, right. that's why. Right. But yeah, no, it definitely made me excited. I was like jumping out of my skin. Um, that and the other thing I forgot, I forgot to say who my favorite actor or actress was, and for this one, it was tough, but I'm going to have to go with uh, Caroline Faber, who plays Hunith. Hunith is uh, Merlin's <laughs> mom, and uh, she just did a, okay. she did a stellar job with her one-liner. Okay, thanks, Sarah. Thanks for your input. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, she... She hasn't been in that many episodes, but for her role, she does a great job. She does. Yeah. I always look forward to seeing her. I mean, yeah. I think the poor lady's had about ten lines in the whole uh, series, but when she when she talks, no, she boy, had a everyone... monologue in the first episode. Well, that's true. After that, we kind of just. <laughs> I mean, I had to look up what her name was because I couldn't remember it. So, I I just you know she she always touches my heart, so I had to give her a little shout out. There you um, go. But yeah, so it looks like this episode was a, you know, I'd say in the, if we had to average that out, it'd be like an 8.3, I'd say, so it, it's up there, but it's definitely not the top one that we've done, Um, but we'll get right into some segments now. We're going to try something new we haven't done before, which is uh, kind of like a little debate, just kind of take a more of a controversial topic in Merlin and, and have someone take each side uh, and give them each like a minute to talk without the other person interrupting and kind of fight for their side and then determine who has the the better argument um so the first one we're going to do is whether or not it should be revealed in the next season that merlin has magic andrew i'm going to have you argue that it should be revealed and courtney i'm going to have you argue that it shouldn't and andrew you're going to start it out all right well at this probably the last yeah, three seasons. Every finale, you expected Merlin to reveal that he has magic because it's it's come so close every time, and then something happens and he doesn't get credit, and that's that. So, and same thing happened. Well, well, never mind, never mind. We don't know yet whether or not it'll happen in this finale, but if it doesn't, yeah, okay. Yeah, if it doesn't, <laughs> I, I, I hate spoilers, I'm sorry. Um, if it doesn't, then I think in season five, Merlin just ought to, you know, somehow, some way, preferably in some very, um, so, so, very attention-grabbing manner, show Arthur and Camelot that he has magic. Because at this point, you know, you feel like, 
You know, you can only keep a secret for so long, and in any show, wow, yeah, four seasons is a very long time for someone to keep a secret. So, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Well, it it is a long time. It is a long time. But you have to think about it like this. Like, all that Arthur has seen has been bad things from magic. Like... You know, even in this finale, it's all Morgana using her magic for evil, and Arthur has no proof that magic can be really used for good. So, I think at this point, until he sees some goodness coming out of magic, some positive impacts on his life and in Camelot, I don't think that he's ready to hear it. I think that, I don't know, I don't I don't necessarily think that... Um, the timing is good right now. Maybe by the end of the next season, we'll see. Maybe that'll be the um, long-awaited big reveal for that season finale. But I just don't think that Arthur has seen enough um, positive magical effects yet. Oh yeah, to be fair, yeah, and I kind of agree with that. To be fair, he's maybe seen one uh, in uh, first or second season. Forgot which one, but. Uh, when Merlin's village was under attack and his friend who he'd known from childhood helped to, um, you know, drive, supposedly drive away the enemies with magic when in reality it was Merlin's magic. Either way, I know Arthur, Arthur didn't exactly approve of Merlin keeping the secret, but he didn't exactly disapprove that Merlin's friend supposedly had magic. I mean, that wasn't an overly life-changing sight for him, but, you know, it was something. And, um, you know, I, and I also feel as though if Mern were somehow to, you know, show Arthur that, you know, help Arthur to see, you know, how he's still alive through the fact that Merlin's used magic so many times to save him, you know, if Arthur were, were able to realize, you know, that magic has saved his life, you know, an ungodly amount of times, that he'd probably appreciate it a little bit more. But um, right. And okay. I and I, right. did, I did, gotta cut you yeah. off. Well, nope. sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, got, I like, gave you guys both more than a minute. I'm sorry, but that's got. Well, my be my it. final note I'd say is definitely not right away <laughs> in the fifth season, but like like Courtney said, towards the ending, maybe in the finale, maybe just a little bit before. Who knows? Okay. But yeah, something like that. You can't right, agree with me. It's a debate. Courtney, Courtney, <laughs> we resolved. To be it. fair, you have. Okay, um, I will say that at this point, I don't think it's a good thing because the last major magical moment that happened was the death of uh, Arthur's father due to good old Emrys's screw up. Well, it wasn't really his fault; it was really Morgana. But um, so right now, yeah, magic definitely is not bad. too. He's not too fond of magic at the moment. But um, I'm gonna leave this one up to Sarah. Sarah, who do you think won? You're more of a neutral. Um neutral person you haven't known us that long so it's up to you to decide okay <laughs> um so do you want me to choose based on their arguments or choose based on their arguments take your okay. opinion out of it okay Whoa. um pick me pick me um, <laughs> actually okay i really think that Courtney actually wins yeah because i, I mean <laughs> Andrew did, Andrew did agree with her. You gave a lot of your, you gave, you gave a lot of your opinions. But well, about, who agreed with who? He agreed. He also <clears> agreed <throat> with Courtney. Uh. Do I agree with Courtney? 
No, yeah, Andrew agreed with Courtney at one point. Andrew, see, she agreed I with just, me I too. I just always exactly. win. Exactly. <laughs> so who who agreed with who, Aaron? Courtney wins. Did she agree with me or did I agree with her? Who was agreeing here? I heard Nobody you say that I. <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's move on. Just um, kidding. I agree with okay. you, Andrew. <laughs> Boom. All right. This next one we're gonna do Thank with um. <laughs> This is one that Courtney thought of. Uh, is Agravine in love with Morgana? Uh-oh. Now, I'm going to have Courtney argue that he is, since she kind of came up with this one. And, uh, Sarah, you can argue that he isn't. Courtney, good luck. Okay. <laughs> this dude is head over heels for Morgana. You can see it in his eyes. You can see it in his his whole speech about, like, not wanting to leave her side, being her only ally, her only friend in the whole world. And, like, it's kind of creepy. He, like, wants to be her sugar daddy, but it's not okay. Um, he... He just does everything for her. Even though she abuses him, it's not a healthy relationship. If I was his friend, I would tell him to get out of it. But, um... He would literally die for her. He would take a spell right in the heart for her, as they say in Camelot. Um, but I don't know. He literally has done everything that she's asked him. He's betraying his own family. 15 seconds. He, he is just, I don't know, he's in love. And that's all I have to say, because the evidence and the eyes speak for themselves. Courtney, have you have you ever considered uh, marriage counseling as a profession? Just accurate or love counseling? <laughs> or any sort? I'm just curious. If you should. No. Um, all right, never mind. Go on. Sarah, all you say. All right, Sarah, you're up. <laughs> okay, so um, yes, it is true that Agravain is very attracted to Morgana, but I do not think that he is in love with her. I think he's mostly attracted to the type of being Morgana is, and, and it's that she's really powerful, and she's a very strong personality. Um, saying that he would die for her, I just think that he's just so intrigued by her that it's it can be mistaken for love, but he's not really in love with her. I mean, he, he would, like, he would die for her. He would, you know, he just wants to be by her side, but that's the point. Like, I just feel like he's just really attracted to her and that, in a sense, she has become his center of the universe and that everything that he does kind of revolves around her now. And without her, without this, seconds. you know, powerful, without this powerful, um, you know, center that has a direction, he would be completely lost. So I don't really see it more as love. It's more of just this insane attraction to the woman that Morgana is and the evil that she has. All right. Huh. Perfect. Yeah. Those are like perfect minutes. Okay. Um, Andrew, you're the judge. All right. Well, um, well, first, uh, Sarah, you know, like, uh, what in that argument is that you kind of mean that you know, Aggravain really kind of wants to be in a powerful position, and the only way he can really do that is through Morgana type thing. You know, is is that part of what you were getting at? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I definitely part of it, but it's. Yeah, it's he. He definitely wants power, but I mean, he's not that stupid to know that he can't have power if Morgana's in the picture. Right. I mean, if he does, that's kind of dumb. Right. All right. Well, based on these two arguments, I'm gonna have to. Wow. Wow, Courtney, you actually convinced me. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna have to yes, it's because he's in love with her. Surprisingly, <laughs> yes. Early. I didn't think I was gonna. Wow. That's 
Because the way I see it, I think, I think uh, in this episode especially, you kind of saw a little competition going on between uh, Aggravating and Helios, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I mean, they both have the hots it, for her, but I think Aggravating just thinks she's really hot. Is I mean, love? okay, I it's definitely that. true. Is- it's definitely true that Aggravane loves Morgana. I mean, didn't they have a conversation like not that few episodes ago about it? Like, I remember him saying, like, I don't know, he was just like, you know, I would like it's something that was similar. Like, I would do anything yeah. for you, but it was cl- yeah. clearly like, he and was I mean, like, I love you. I'm, it was when she yeah. was like all crazy in her cave. I mean, like, you in know my what? own opinion, <laughs> yours was a hard cool. side to argue. Yours was a hard side to argue. I totally really respect was. that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I yeah. think I think in I my own opinion, I really don't know. But just based off those two arguments, I think yeah, I was really convinced by Corny that yeah, he does, <laughs> in a really creepy sort of way. <clears throat> but yeah. Alrighty then. Okay. Um. All right. So. So the last debate we have is, should Gaius die in the next season? <laughs> okay. Um. Corny, you pick who gets what side. All right, it's you. It's Aaron and Sarah, right? Yep, that's yes. correct. Okay, all right. Um, all right, Aaron. You say that he should not die, and Sarah, you say that he should die. Okay. Okay. Um, and Sarah, you start? first. Um, I'll start. Sarah, oh, okay. Sarah, start. Matter. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sarah, you're up. Okay. Okay. So the reason Gaius should die. Um. Alright, so we see how in the beginning Gaius was very, very important to Merlin as far as giving him the spell book and being a sort of father figure. Um, it's been four seasons, you know, Gaius has always been there for Merlin, but I think Merlin needs to finally cut some ties from, you know, his mentor and really, you know, move on as a person. Like, he needs to establish who he is as, as himself. Um, and, you know, it's like the whole moving out mentality. Like, a kid can't grow up unless he moves out of the house type of thing. Or at least goes away for, like, um, at least for, like, a year or something. Like, they won't be able to really grow up. So I just, I feel like Guys's character, like, it's always nice to have him around. But he's kind of become complacent seconds. recently. I mean, he's not really, you know, he hasn't really been doing much lately other than, you know, just being there for Berlin. Like, I don't know, like, the whole... I, I, I can't really remember an episode where he's been um, really important other than, like, um, not refusing to give up uh, Emerus's true identity. So, yeah. Okay. That's why a guy should die next season. <laughs> All right. Well, I, on the other hand, feel like it's not time for guys to go. I feel like Merlin's still growing up. I feel like he's still he still needs guys to guide him. He's not ready to be on his own yet, and... I think you see time and time again when there's something wrong, there's some sort of magical creature, there's some sort of curse inflicted on Camelot. Merlin goes to Gaius, and Merlin asks Gaius what's going on, and Gaius always has some little tidbit of knowledge to just to just pass on. And when uh when when Gaius isn't around, Merlin I I almost feel like he's kind of lost, and I I think it's unfortunate that Merlin's not ready to move on yet, but he's just he's still learning. I mean the guy only. Merlin uses like a spell to push people around and a spell to set things on fire and he hasn't learned much else and I feel like Gaius has a lot to teach him still and I also feel like we haven't really got to learn enough about Gaius's past yet like he's he's clearly done some things in his past that we don't know about and I think he knows a lot of magic that 
that's been teased but it hasn't been seen. So I think until that that's seen and that's something that Merlin learns, I don't think it's time for Gaius to go. I think he still has maybe one or two seasons left in him. So that's my side of things. Courtney, I'm gonna let you decide um, this one because uh, I th- I found. Oh come on, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I think just based on the arguments, I might have to go with Aaron on this one. I agree with the whole not not seeing everything that Gaius has in his pocket thing. Sorry, Sarah. I feel like we're hazing you or something, but we're not. Um, <laughs> That's only Courtney. I never get the sides that I like that I actually. No, I wanted. I, always have to I wanted the other, other side argument. actually. I was ready to. Take yeah, that I know you side. did. That's why I gave you the other one. Wow. Um, oh, I wanted the other side too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, oh, that works. That's okay. Honestly, though, like I feel like now that that's over, um, more and more you see guys like being like, "I'll oh, just go on without me. I'm just I'm too weak." And just like multiple times, you've seen Merlin kind of like drag guys along throughout the mean, last few seasons. So Merlin can read. Uh, yeah, too. he's old. Yeah. He can look up his own mind. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. yeah. But there's been a few times where I've actually thought that guys might die in the episode. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, can you even imagine how sad Merlin is gonna be when Gaius dies oh, though? That's gonna be, be terrible. Big. Yeah. That's gonna be big. That's gonna be a big death. So. And I feel like it'll so- be interesting when it happens. I somehow feel as though Gaius' death and Merlin's revelation probably won't be that far apart. I don't know, that's just a gut feeling yeah, I have. probably. You know, just... Yeah, you know, I agree with that. If you guys see where I'm coming from with that. I mean, if you really think about it... Yeah, if you, like, you really think about it, like, Merlin doesn't need any more people that he loves to die. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was I definitely a good segment, and I think um, we'll definitely use that again. Yeah, We're actually uh, over an hour now, so I think... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. That's uh, good. I was gonna say, and I, I just, uh... You know, the whole debate we had about guys, I mean, it's also, you know, definitely over the past few seasons, uh, you know, it's been a great job by uh, Richard Wilson, you know, and his, uh, you know, his portrayal of guys as, you know, that both walking, talking encyclopedia of knowledge and, you know, just a great father figure to Merlin, you know, since, uh, especially when Merlin's father hasn't been around and even after his death in the third season you know guys has still you know played that role very well and you know that's really kind of a right great tribute to richard wilson you know his acting yeah right that's what i guess um okay so i think we're we've been going long enough so i think we'll just save the other segment for um next podcast in closing uh, i'd like to remind everyone to Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Um, we love to see new people following us, and lately we've had a couple new followers, which is cool. Um, I know a lot of people listen to the show that don't have Twitters, um, and a lot of them are from other countries. Actually, our biggest following is in Russia now than it is in, it's more than the United States. So. Um, yeah, Russia. And Shout I mean, out to I, I mean, hey, I, I'm sure. Even if you don't have Facebook, I mean, back alley stalking something. Just follow us, all right? Because Aaron, Aaron's told yeah, we love to be followed, just all the time. You know, just follow us, please. That's right. However you can. 
That's right. So, I'm begging you. My address. I'm just kidding. That's really um, creepy, Aaron. <laughs> uh, I'm so but regardless of regardless of what country you're from, um, <laughs> you can go to our website, which is www.merlincast.blogspot.com, um, and that's where like all our episodes are, all our social networks just basically everything about the episode is on there it's a good reference for all that stuff and uh we encourage you to visit it and the biggest thing you can do is email us um we love to answer emails and when we get them we're pretty quick to answer them and it doesn't matter what it's about it could be about something you really love about the show something you don't like something you'd like to see happen maybe a question you have or something you want us to discuss about merlin you can email us anything and we'll probably respond to you so we love to hear from people and um we'd encourage you to do that the other thing you can do is uh subscribe to us on itunes you can rate us on itunes you can review us on itunes and we really take that feedback to heart and uh do our best to to make the podcast better i mentioned last episode that someone said uh our audio levels were a little off and they had to adjust their volume quite often to get our voices to uh a pleasant hearing level so I've been doing my best to fix that and uh, I'll continue to do that um, so yeah just like little things like that if you have comments or recommendations we're more than happy to listen to them and we're not gonna get angry because someone doesn't agree with something or something like that so yeah please email us and uh, we love to hear from you guys but other than that um, next week we should be podcasting again with part two of the finale um which is definitely a little better and i think it'll be a good episode with some good discussion so be sure to listen in on that and after that we should be discussing um some of our overall favorite stuff for the season and then we'll be talking about what we're hoping for in the next season so there's lots of great episodes coming up um i hope lancelot comes back that's it does anyone (laughs) Yes, Angela or Angela. Andrew hopes that Angela. Angela. Well. I think that's the second yeah, time they called Angela on the show. What the heck? All right, hold on. Disclaimer: My roommate's name is Angelo, and I was gonna say Andrew, and I got them mixed together. I've done that before. Yeah, but you I said Angela, not and... Angelo, not Andrew, Angela. Yeah. Whatever. With an A. Whatever. Sorry. I thought I said Angela too. I was like, oh my goodness, that did not just happen. I'm gonna edit that yeah. out. So there. Andrew, he no, don't edit that out. Keep that in. That's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whoa. I forgot to do it at the end of the last episode, so. What is that noise? What? Is that feedback? I hear Maybe. feedback on someone's end. It sounds like I hear a cat. Oh, that was oh, my okay. cat. Sorry. Don't worry. Right. Anyway. I mean, we're still looking for new hosts, so, I mean, cats are welcome, I guess. Cats work, too. Yeah, that's fine. My cat oh, always watches Merlin with me. Oh, there you go. Well, they, they should be very knowledgeable about that. All right. <laughs> we forgot to do it at the beginning of the episode so we can do it now before we say goodbye but my name's Aaron Millard my name's Courtney Catadella my name's Andrew Bracey and my name's Sarah Sutherland yeah my name's not Ange- Angela right. by the way you know, just so you all know <laughs> <laughs> okay well on that note goodbye goodbye bye <laughs>